As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 95 of the Fearless Business Podcast. This is Jamie, and I am here with my co-host, Mary, today. Mary, I can't believe I just said episode 95. And that we didn't have to do a retake. I know, I said that correctly. <laughs> Happy 2020, We're getting Mary. 95 episodes in, we're getting so much better. <laughs> so a little bit of practice, just like the yeah. smallest bit of practice, and that's all you need. Riding a bike. 95 episodes, and you can finally do your <laughs> intro without laughing or... Uh, Don coming in and going, um, that didn't make sense. So <laughs> go us, insert some excitement music. Exciting I was going to say, we need music, yes. Woo! You can say your name. <laughs> we wanted to sound like an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's how 2020 feels to me so far. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's been weird. Is it weird? Yeah, is it me? It is. Well, maybe this is what happens when you go on a trip like right away in the new year. I did two back-to-back trips. Um, Maybe I, that's why. I was, um, I feel like we should give a little shout out to how bad United Airlines is because I had a six and a half hour delay. You mean the friendly skies? Why would you say that? It was, it was Wait, epic. Was six and a half six hours with my two children. That was yeah. fun in the Palm Beach International Airport, which has a Burger King, a Starbucks and a Hudson News. It was not good. We got there at like 1, 1 1.30 for a 2.30 flight. Our flight took off at 8.45. It was... That's crazy. Not cool, United. Not cool. Oh, no. There was Twitter involved. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna go look up your tweets. Things, things happened. There was yelling. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was it was nuts. So I did that, but the we we got really lucky. Our weather in Florida was like amazing. It's like eighty Lovely. degrees. Lovely. Sorry. Well, I had a six. Well, maybe I, this is what this is my penance. This is <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't get to have nice weather. Right. You're gonna wait in the Palm Beach airport and stare at the sun while you wish you could go home. My kids were kind of awesome though. There are some really teeny tiny airports, so that's still better than those. That is true. That is true. But United does have us in a stronghold because they are the main ones out of Newark. I personally refuse to go to JFK or LaGuardia unless there is absolutely beyond a doubt no other possible way to go from Newark. No, it's true. You we you can't because then we have to drive through all of Manhattan, and it's you might as well tack on two hours to your trip. At at least at least two hours. Two hundred dollar Uber ride. Right. So it just even if you get like a cheaper fare, it just it doesn't work. So the moral of this story is don't fly United and um, don't live in the New York Even though you have to if you want to go. That's it. And don't eat Burger King because it doesn't make you feel good. Even (laughs) when you're desperate. Especially not before a plane ride. Oh, terrible. Everyone's angry, upset. It's ridiculous. Okay. This is not our positive cheery. No, but you know what? What's today? Today's January 7th. So we have what? 357 days to go up or something. (laughs) 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 It's going to get better. It's good. It's going to get better. It's good. I got to fly to Vegas. Go to Florida. That's I nice. did. And I had beautiful weather and I laid at the pool. I read two books. Oh, lovely. Yeah, we went to the zoo. It was good. It was very fun. I got to go to Vegas in a couple of weeks. So let's hope I can check in with a better experience. Yes. Well, you will because you won't have kids with you. Oh, that is Or correct. will you have kids with no. you? Yeah. No, I'm going for um for my work with the Cupcake Girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited. Should be good. That's so exciting. I should do a little podcast about, oh, maybe we know what my next episode's going to oh, be. Yeah. I'm going to talk about the Cupcake you Girls totally and do my that. work with them. So teaser alert next episode. We should probably talk about what's on this episode. Probably. Do you think? I got a, a card from them too for like for a, don- a holiday card. You did. That was so nice. I felt bad that they're sending a card and spending money sending a card. I mean, I know they want to support people. Joy that support signs us, every one of them. She signed it. I yeah. Know. Isn't she incredible? Yeah. She's posted a video of her signing. She's going to put it on my stories. Ah, you said they're a really good organization. I'm very excited. I will have a lot more information. I'll talk more about it. But I am uh, this year. Last year, I just did fundraising for them. They are a Las Vegas-based organization, but they have chapters in other cities um, that helps and works with victims of domestic sex trafficking um, and workers in the sex industry. So I was pretty excited to fundraise for them last year. And this this year, I'm going to be doing a lot more for them. You did a stellar job with the fundraising for them. You I were like, was, you were on fire. I was on fire. I was really proud. It had been a really long time since I had found an organization that like got me excited to really like step up and fundraise for. But like, how can yeah. you not? No, you did such a good yeah. job. I know. How, not, it was know. really good. I felt really good about it. So yeah. So I will talk about that next week. Okay, good. A Coming little bit soon. about doing good. So now I feel good. Look, we've turned 2020. Look, oh, look at that. So so proud of us. And today we have a really good topic. We're talking to Hillary Erickson from Pur- Pulling Curls. I do not know why I cannot say Pulling Curls. There's something wrong with me. Pulling Curls. Yeah, I said it See, correctly. It's bad. It's me. <laughs> Sorry, Hillary. She gives a an awesome, I'm interviewing her today about course creation. And she has 
some really successful courses. And I loved hearing her journey about creating courses. And now she teaches people how to create courses. So a lot of really good information. Um, I even talk a little bit about that I'm thinking about doing a course. Oh my gosh. Uh, more music. <laughs> um, and she kind of coaxes me through some of the scary parts of it. So I'm pretty excited about it. I know actually a couple people this year looking at doing courses. So this will be really fun to see and fun to see where things go with people this year. She gives good information. She talks about like some of the... Um, the uh the providers that she likes to use and it was a really good chat so i feel like i should give her bio and we should just like let hillary talk because nobody else needs to hear about my flight issues (laughs) (laughs) happy new year mary happy new year jamie (laughs) so hillary is the curly head oh my gosh i can't she has very curly hair behind the media empire that is pulling curls as a course creator blogger and podcaster she aims to simplify daily life for families all while working part-time as a nurse as well. As a mom of three, she knows how complicated life can get, but also knows that by taking back to the basics and evaluating priorities, you can end up on top. She also aims to help media marketers simplify their business while creating an income built on a firm foundation. And now on to the episode. I am so excited today. I am here with my good friend, and you can't dispute that. So no saying we're not good friends, because I've already taken you as my good friend, and this is how things are going to be, Hillary. Hillary Erickson from Pulling Curls. Hillary, welcome to the show. You are not half as excited as I am. <laughs> Jamie Lieberman, the Jamie Lieberman, asked me to be on her podcast. <laughs> I don't know whether or not that's sarcastic, but I don't care. I'm just going to keep it. It's going to be a sound clip and I'm going to use it for everything. So that's pretty much what is going to happen. So thank you. Jamie's new ringtone. (laughs) Yes. So for those of you who may not know Hillary, Hillary and I met at a conference, the Mediavine conference uh, in Chicago, right? For the first time. But I feel like we had sort of like I knew you from beyond, but we had never really spent a lot of time together. Like I feel like we had met before or at least crossed paths online in some ways. The internet is bound to, you know, happens online. But we really got to hang. And basically, I said, now we're going to hang out all the time. And she was like, please, no. And I ignored her. And now here we are. Whatever. I want to hang out with you every day if we didn't live on opposite coasts. That is true. So Hillary, I asked to be on the show today because she is a killer course creator. And she speaks uh, a lot about course creation and how she's built a business through course creation. And I feel like that's one of those things that a lot of people want to tackle, but are sort of terrified to even think about yours truly included. So I would love... um, for us to sit down. And one, I want to know, tell us a little bit about your background, because it's extremely interesting, and how you managed to get to be a course creator. Well, first off, I can't be a killer course creator, because I'm a nurse, although I was a hospice nurse. But uh, so yeah, I had been a nurse. Um, I've been a nurse since 1998. So like 21 years. And I've been doing labor and delivery for 19 years. And um, I'd had my blog for 15 years. And then I started to amp it up. And I was reticent to even write about pregnancy because I was afraid that my employer would like get their panties in a wad. 
just concerned that it would cause problems at work. But finally, I was just like, I don't care. I think this is information that people need. And so I slowly started integrating pregnancy into my blog and I got very popular because there really wasn't a lot of correct pregnancy information out there. Um, started to think about doing a class. I actually taught classes for my hospital. And again, that made me nervous because I didn't want them to think I was stealing their proprietary info, even though I rewrote their class when I taught it. So I slowly, I made a book and then I turned the book into a course and then I turned the course into a better course. And it's just been a slow, um, you know, build to that. And then once you have one course, you realize, you know, I'm already paying this teachable fee for the one course. I might as well add some other courses for the other area that my blog talks about. I talk about pregnancy, parenting, and home routines. And so I have courses that support each of those kind of pillars of my content now. And that's where I got to be where I am now. I love that. So I there's so much about the story that I think will probably resonate with a lot of people. There are definitely people who listen, who create content, but also may have a full-time job. So how did you navigate that process of your employer? And I mean, obviously, we don't want to lose our jobs, but you also want to be able to pursue what it is that you're interested in doing in hopes that maybe you could give up that job for some people and other people, they just want to continue to just have something on the side. So how did you navigate that process? So the good thing about nursing is we do 12 hour shifts. So even if you work full time, which I have not worked full time in a long time, um, you can you still have four days off that you can pursue, you know, blogging or other types of stuff. So that's the good thing about nursing. You do have all those days off, although you have to have a nap if you've worked a couple shifts. But nursing makes it easy. And you do. I do see a lot of nurses in general in the blogging sphere, I think, because of that. That does make a lot of sense. Yeah, it's a little bit harder when you're sort of working a traditional nine to five job and you have like two hours at night and maybe time on the weekend uh, if you're lucky because you're trying to do all the other family stuff. When you decided you were going to do a course, um, I heard you mention Teachable. Have you always used the Teachable platform? Well, so first I did it as a book. So I sold it on my site as a book because writing was something that I knew doing video at that point in time I was not comfortable with at all. And so I started with the book, I sold it on WooCommerce, then I turned it into a course on my site using a program called or a plugin called Lifter LMS, because I was afraid it wasn't going to make very much money. Teachable does cost money. I just didn't want to make the investment. Um, but then as it started to make more and more, I just wanted it off my site, it kind of messes up your regular site to have uh, the learning platform on your site as well. So it just was kind of butting heads a lot, my regular site and my classroom site. So I just moved it to Teachable probably like a year and a half ago. So honestly, not that long oh. ago. Why'd you pick Teachable? I went back and forth between Teachable and Thinkific. And I mostly went with Teachable because it's prettier, which is not my normal MO. But for pregnant people, I think pretty is very important. So um, that's why I went with Teachable. I'm actually glad that I went with Teachable because it is a little bit more automated and I've kind of shifted a lot of tasks onto them. I don't have a VA. It's all Hillary. I do everything. And so allowing Teachable to do as much as they humanly can it just saves me a headache. Oh, that's good. Like customer service or things like that? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> They pay my affiliates. If people do have an issue logging in, I can send them to Teachable, but people do email me in general for customer service. But I try and cut that off by sending the longest welcome email with screenshots and links to my people so that I don't get as many of those questions. Oh, that's very, very smart. Okay. So when you sit down and you say, I'm going to create a course, you obviously had created some version of the content. 
So what was your first step in in taking the content that you may have written in book form or blog posts? And what did you do first to create the course? So I just copied and pasted it (laughs) into the course. So um, and then I slowly I then created key points um, that are in video form. And actually, in 2020, I'll be putting the entire course fully in video form. So it will be in written, it'll be in video. And um, so people will be able to consume it however they want. I do find that people love the written and they love, they want both of those things. Not always the same person wants both of those things, but it's available in both ways. But right now my course is mostly just key points and then written material. What's the, so this course that we're talking about is a pregnant, it's a course about pregnancy? Um, Well, prenatal classes, it's mostly talking about delivery. Ah, okay. Yeah, people need that for sure. (laughs) And good information too. Um, So what would you say to a brand new course creator, someone who's never created a course before? What do you think their first step should be? Um, Well, obviously, it's to pick a topic. So for me, it was easy because I taught that class, I actually stood in front of people and I taught it. And so that made that one an easy transition. Now my other courses I haven't taught. And so I had a hump of, you know, like I wasn't good enough to teach it, or it wasn't something that I knew well enough, or I didn't really know how to present that to people. And so that was a bit of a speed bump. But if you've, if you're already teaching something, throw it up online and see, you know, how you can promote it and make some cash off of it for sure. So how do you throw it up online? What's that sort of technical process look like? Because I think that is what stops a lot of people from even moving forward. So for me, when I start a new course is I will outline it. And then I just get in there and write. There are courses that don't include any writing. There are courses that don't include any video. So I would maybe set my price point a little bit lower and go with the medium that I am more comfortable with initially, because you can always, you know, go in and add the video later on, or you can add the writing later on if you're not much of a writer. And then, you know, at least you've gotten it out there and you've gotten input and you can change it to more towards what people want. Oh, that is interesting. And do you think a course has to be any specific length? Or is there certain? Are there any certain tips to, you know, how narrow it should be versus how broad like delivery information, right? That's a that's a huge subject. So how do you narrow it down? So I think, you know, you can charge a little bit more if you go more broad, but you might not catch as many people. You know, if I did just a course on like pregnancy complications or a specific pregnancy complication, I might sell more, but it would be such a narrow audience that it would be difficult to sell many. So um, personally, I like to go a little bit broader, unless your market is already got a lot of different things already on that topic, then you might want to go more niche and just keep in mind that you probably are going to decrease the price point a little bit because there isn't going to be quite as much content as if you went broad. So I also feel like people sort of stop because of the whole perfectionism. Like I want it to look amazing and I want it to look perfect. How important do you think that is when you're creating your first course? Not. (laughs) I think people... I mean, so I send out a survey after I'm done to kind of get what people want. I have had some people say your videos aren't polished enough. And again, I'm going through. That's something that you can easily redo. I mean, it's not easy, but it can be redone. And so I'm trying to make them a little bit more polished, but I'm in in general, not a polished person. So that's a little bit more difficult for me. Um, I put on false eyelashes for the intro and that was hard. So they are not coming back in any other chapter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love that. I think you're very polished. <laughs> so 
So I think you just take what what is important to you and put it on the course and just throw it out there. Again, this is going to be like the fifth incarnation of my prenatal class. And honestly, I plan to update it probably every two years and update the other courses the years in between that. I do not plan to launch another course. My husband laughs when I say that because there is always a chance that I would lose my mind and try it again. But personally, I would like to take these three ones that I have and really continue to polish and bet, you know, improve their marketing, improve the sales funnels that go into them rather than launch something new. So let's talk, let's shift a little bit then and talk about the marketing, because I think that's the other thing that makes people kind of nervous. So you had a blog, um, obviously, that when did you start talking about pregnancy on your blog? I had, I mean, I, like, as a nurse, probably 2016 maybe 2015. And when did your course launch? Wasn't much after that, right? Maybe 2016. So that's interesting, right? I think a lot of people think you have to have this. I mean, you obviously had a built in audience of people who were coming to your blog anyway, but maybe that weren't coming for pregnancy information. So how did you start to grow and cultivate the audience around pregnancy topics? So I just started to grow that newsletter list um, as much as I could. I have several different ways to get on my newsletter. And then I started a free beginning prenatal class where on Teachable, that means they're already on the platform. They've seen a video of me. You know, um, it's easy for them to sign in because they already have the sign in and to purchase the course. And so just slowly, you know, I'll think, oh, that might be another good lead magnet to put in this and just build my it's mostly been my email list. and then. I've also used affiliates. And so things like that have created an easy way to market it. But I do see a lot of people on Teachable who think they follow the lie that Teachable teaches that anyone can do a six-figure launch. And I've actually never done a six-figure launch. It has always been a slow build. um, And it's hard to remember that because you feel like, especially like when I'll relaunch this in whenever it's done, I'll think, you know, I should get a million (laughs) subscribers. And it's never going to be that way. Mine has always been like a slow and steady. But I'm also not a hard push marketer. I'm like, buy this course when you're ready. I don't want you to buy it if you're only six weeks along. Let's do this uh, properly. So is your course open for purchase at all times? Or do you do the mindset of like, you can buy it three times a year or something like that? Yeah. So obviously, one of my main goals is to actually educate pregnant women. And because people are pregnant all the time, and I really don't think you should start the course until you're about 20 weeks along. Opening the course only a few times a year just doesn't make sense. Now I do have a deluxe class that is only it just starts at the first of every month. So that gives me the opportunity to email people and say, hey, next month's class is closing. If you want to jump in, now's your time. And I do put a timer up Um, like the last four days of the month, just to kind of give that little by now. But you know, the course is available all the time. And I want people to feel like it is available all the time. So it sounds like this is really a a marketing machine before like once you create the course, it's just that's really where the work begins, right? (laughs) Yes, for sure. Like, when I finished my last course, which is family routines, I was like, well, that was easy. That wasn't too bad at all. And then you start getting in the marketing. And I, of course, have newsletters for the sales funnel, and then a newsletter sequence for if they don't buy and then and then you I have follow ups, like, why didn't you buy I have follow ups as to you bought? What did you like about it? There's always just like, so much marketing that goes into it. And I don't think people usually consider that. But now that that was my my third course launch, I knew what all of it was. And I thought, I will never do this again. (laughs) 
until you do it again. <laughs> That's not funny. You're not funny. <laughs> what email uh, marketing company do you use? I use ConvertKit and I have been on ConvertKit for years. My ConvertKit is so huge. When I email into support, they kind of just look at me with glassy eyes. I probably have 120 sequences set up in ConvertKit between the courses. What? And yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot. So how much of your time is spent marketing? I think that's important for people to know when you're launching a course, particularly with, I agree with you, that six-figure launch is a lie. <laughs> like the amount of Facebook ads and Instagram ads, and I want to get to that next, um, but that you have to, the amount of money you have to spend to even get to a six-figure launch is like unbelievable. But um, how much time do you spend on email marketing? So, you know, the good thing about email marketing is that when it's done, it's done. And so sometimes I'll spend a whole day creating a sequence and then it's done. And then um, Tuesdays, I kind of devote two hours every Tuesday to polishing up sequences. And I either, you know, think of one that really needs it or I kind of have a routine of just going through all of them and polishing them up. And so I definitely have email sequences that are not about purchasing. It's just giving people content and um, with pregnancy, that's super easy because I can tell them, you know, helpful tips and stuff like that. So that's good. So you've been with ConvertKit a long time. I've heard amazing things about ConvertKit. And I, um, I'm actually planning to move to ConvertKit because I'm, I'm actually going to email market, which I think is just foreign to me. It's one of my goals for 2020. <laughs> I'll pray for you, Jamie. I, I'm not going to do it, but someone on my staff is going to be doing it. <laughs> I'll pray for them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. I need to. I need to do it. It's important. It's important to have that communication and, you know, to remind people, hey, I'm here. Um, so I find that really, I, I, I feel like a lot of times people sort of shy away from or are afraid of course creation for those reasons. Um, it sounds like obviously the course creation itself is much easier than the actual sales and marketing. What tech besides say using Teachable, like what tech do you use? Say you're recording videos. Is there a specific setup that you have or anything that you found to go from maybe less polished videos to more polished videos besides false eyelashes? <laughs> yeah, false eyelashes would be number one. Um, <laughs> For everyone. I was going to say with ConvertKit. So I thought about moving from ConvertKit, which made me like a little bit suicidal because <laughs> that's a lot of sequences and yeah. it's a lot of opt-in forms. But I was thinking, is there something better out there? I have looked, I signed up for a couple and um, besides Mailer Lite, which would be moving kind of apples to apples, I think that's very similar. I cannot find one that uh, appropriately will be able to like tag people in and tag people out. So when you're signing up for something, if you want to really sell, you need to find an email program that will allow you to do that. I've heard that MailChimp will, but I'm not sure. That, I think it's a little bit clunkier than ConvertKit. So, um, but I've also heard great things about Mailer Lite. ConvertKit and Teachable work well together. Um, I feel like sort of that they're in bed together because I see a lot of cross promotion. So I don't know. It's possible they have some kind of collaboration and that that helps. It makes a big difference when, you know, the, the systems that you're using integrate. Yeah. I also use Zapier. Oh, um, do you? To do a lot of different things. Like I don't always use it, but I have a, a thing set up that when somebody finishes my freebie series, my Zapier sets up an email and puts their name on a spreadsheet so that I could make them a Loom video that says, hey, Jamie, thanks so much for finishing my free prenatal class. I just wanted to see if you have any questions. Congratulations on your upcoming baby. I wish you the very best. Um, did you notice my coupon code for my prenatal class? It's in the footer. Oh, wow. That's smart. I don't always do it because it's 
you know, again, do I need false eyelashes for that? That's <laughs> no. a question. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, we had, um, I had someone come on to talk solely about video. Um, and one of the reasons I had her come on and we'll drop that episode in the show notes. Her name is Sarah Cook. And she's actually a client of mine that I've worked with for a long time. And she's coach, business coach. That girl has been on video in her bathrobe. Like I'm not lying to you. Her hair is on top of her head. She's got no makeup on. She's adorable. And she doesn't care at all. And I just find that so it's amazing. And it works for her. It really works well. So I feel like Sarah would say no. <laughs> don't yeah, well, I think for those loom videos, I probably don't. And then as far as like tech for the video, I did um, buy a nicer camera. I do have a ring light that goes on the nicer camera. So I use daylight and the ring light um, to kind of fill in any shadows. And then I think it's important to have an external mic when you're talking a lot in the course. So I don't actually use my podcasting mic. I use uh, a lapel mic just because podcasting mic you have to be so close to so we figured that the lapel mic was an easy medium that I could still be personable without a mic in my face and still record you've just made um Don the happiest human on the planet because he's probably been yelling at me for about a year to go out and get a lapel mic and what he's going to say I have one and actually use it and what he's going to say to me is it took Hillary saying this for you to put on your lapel mic so (laughs) I know that you need to do that what camera do you use uh, I have a Canon ADD, which is funny, the ADD. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I had Canon before, I just wanted to stick with what I had. I don't know, I, I wish that I had a full frame, because, you know, it's kind of tight quarters, it's hard to find an area to film in my home. I know a lot of people film in their bedroom, that just made me uncomfortable. So I just wanted to film kind of up against a wall um, for a solid background. I don't know. I'm struggling with that, too. It can be hard. And then I didn't want to like make a white background. Like I wanted it to look like I was at home. And so using a camera with a low aperture lens just kind of helps blur the background. You can't see any cords from the table behind me or whatever. So yeah, that's the other thing I need. I need to find like a little area to set up. See, these are all the barriers I think to entry for a lot of people is the thought of doing those things are just like, Oh, God. But if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. Something I did do was I I filmed in our office and it has all white, all walls. And I just decided it wasn't a great look for me. It was better to have the warmer walls from our dining room area. And so again, it's just tight on me. And then as I'm updating this course, I'm using a video program called We Video. And it also has stock video of lots of different things. So including pregnancy. So like I would look away from the camera and you can just stick a stock video (laughs) you know, during that time frame. And I think it just makes it a little bit more engaging when you add things that just start Hillary talking with her hands for 20 minutes during the <laughs> lesson. So that's very yeah. cool. And they have titles and you can add and I hopefully it will be that polished video people are hoping for. Do you use a video editor or you do that all yourself? Uh, I have my 15 year old is my video editor, but he is not doing the prenatal class. He may do rough edits for me, take out all the pauses and the ums. Um, But as far as like putting on the stock images and stuff, I just want to do that myself. He actually did edit my key points. So he was 13 at the time and he knows all about how to have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) And he's totally available. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's smart. My kids aren't old enough yet. So I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. Yeah, I have all of my kids trained. That's cool. My daughter's going to start doing my transcripts for my podcast. So I'm a big believer. And she's like, 10 but she can decide that that wasn't the right word so she can fix it that's incredible my 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 oldest 
is eight and he found we have I have an old camera that's like a, a Canon I have a newer version of it uh, that I bought so I do have a nice camera and he was like can I have this and I'm like that's a really that's an old camera but that's an expensive camera and I said to him I'm like if you if we find a course online and you watch it and you learn how to use the actual camera and you spend the time and I know that you can use it then yeah I'll let you use you can't have it but you can use it so he's starting to express an interest so I'm going to see what I can make him do he might become my videographer because he'll probably be better at it than me within like five minutes honestly so I use a he uses a program called Filmora to do my editing and it's so easy it's very simple um you can add new titles and stuff so he is totally capable and honestly I think my 10 year old could edit the video now that's his job and he's kind of you know protective of his area well I like that that's fun for them and then it gives them a good skill right I mean that can go on his um resume when he yeah. goes out into the world That's yeah true. and I hire my niece she does my Instagram for me so I love, I love hiring teenagers <laughs> do you have a separate is your Instagram for the courses the same as your Instagram for your blog so I have three different Instagrams I have pulling curls I have pregnancy nurse at pregnancy nurse which is obviously pregnancy and then I just started a new one called parenting untangled And so we'll see how that goes. I find that the niche Instagram is doing a lot better than the big Instagram because I have a big Instagram that doesn't get a lot of engagement. So I'm really liking the niche. We'll see. And so you manage three. Well, now you have your niece who manages your Instagram, but I know, but she's going on a mission. Dang her. So that's that's not fair. I might train the 10 year old (laughs) to manage a pregnancy Instagram. There you go. And so are you selling through let's like let's move to social media. So we've talked about email marketing. But now in social media, do you find do you sell through social media? And do you find it converts? Uh, The prenatal class on the pregnancy nurse, I believe does convert. So I do have a thing that right after people buy, I have a Google form embedded in my teachable class that just asks them where they found it. It's all like radio buttons. The key is having it as simple as possible that they can just use their thumb to answer. And so I have had a few say they found me on Instagram. So that's awesome. And I only have like 700 followers on that account. So I'm not huge, but the engagement is way better. So and it's growing. I just started it in July. So not bad. Oh, that's not bad at all. And so do you do any kind of um, Facebook or Instagram ads for the courses? So I have run ads. Uh, I've hired two people to run two companies to run ads. And they say that they're profitable. Like they're like, look how many leads you got. But then I don't find that those leads convert. The prenatal class is hard because you have to get people in 20 weeks of their whole life. And so trying to target people um, in that time frame is difficult. And I've even found that retargeting the people that went to the free class doesn't really convert either. So I've also run Google ads. I've run um, Instagram ads. Google converted okay, but it was at a price point that I decided it wasn't worth my time, including the cost of running the ad. You know, So let's say I make $15 off of each sale. I just decided it wasn't worth the effort of running the ads plus the ad spend to run those. So, oh, I did Pinterest too. And Pinterest actually did okay, but I also rank really well for all the terms I was using on Pinterest. So then I was like, would they have converted anyway? So I might try Pinterest again later on next year, but I have kind of sworn off ads. <laughs> no, I, I I think, I feel like the pendulum swings between sometimes people are like, you got to have ads, you got to have ads. And then other times where people are like, nope. I mean, it's honestly, it's best to just own your list and be talking to your list and trying to add people to your list. Yes. And so, you know, I've thought about maybe trying ads for the free stuff again, but 
right now, I'm just not sure it's the best place to use my time. I have tried it. I'm grateful it works for some people. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's different for everybody too. How um, Are there any other marketing methods that you use that you've found to be successful? Affiliates is a great way, especially with these types of courses, because they want to know that someone who's similar to them has used it and liked it. Now, all of my courses come with a 30 day money back guarantee. So I could say that, you know, I guarantee that you'll like this course. Um, but people still need, especially I think for prenatal classes, it's such a personal thing. They want to know that it's correct information that I'm just not some Joe Schmo trying to get everybody to get an epidural. I don't know. But <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, it's really helped to have other people say, I really like Hillary's course. She's really smart and pretty and she uses fake eyelashes. <laughs> That's your best testimonial. She's smart and pretty and has beautiful eyelashes. Is your affiliate run through Teachable? Yes. Oh, that's nice. I think that's one of the best things that Teachable gave me is it's an affiliate platform that I think people can trust versus just Hillary's affiliate platform on our site, which I did have affiliates, but they weren't as successful. And Teachable, I do have to pay like 2%, but they pay out everybody. It's all run through Teachable. They run all the tax crap. I just hands off. They just pay me what I'm due. I love that. Do you and do you provide provide a lot of information and assets to your affiliates? Um, I have found that emailing them every month. And then obviously, when I have a sale, I do have a Google box of images that I've used that they can use. Um, and then I encourage them to use the same wording that I use on my page. I use the story brand, Donald Miller's story brand. I don't know if you've heard of him, but I use him to kind of set up the marketing on each of my pages. And if you look at the sales pages, you'll notice that each one shares what I'm selling. And I'm not really selling a course. I'm selling like a relaxed delivery or a more organized home. That's what I'm selling. The course is just the way to get there. Oh, I love that. All right, cool. This has been so helpful. Like I I've, I have all these notes for myself. So I, I don't really care about anyone. No, I'm just kidding. I, hope, I think this is helpful for everyone. It's it's a really, it's an, an endeavor a lot of people want to consider, but it's one that I think just terrifies so many people. Yes. And Teachable, there is like a $30 platform. There's a lot of different options. And Teachable is not the only thing. There's other cheaper ones out there, but I, I've seen people on like Coursecraft and some of the other cheaper ones. There's Kajabi that seems really expensive and I haven't figured out why, um, but they have a big presence, I think, at a lot of the content creator conferences, and they are always offering deals to like get in. So I think that's why people sort of get in. Um, most of my clients that are the most successful course creators use Teachable. And the courses that I like the most had been on Teachable. But then I still get people who say it was really confusing to figure out where to go next. And I'm like, well, I, you can't have a baby then. <laughs> Your test should be the test before having a baby. <laughs> if Teachable's over you, then you need to get a nanny. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much for giving us all this incredible information. I feel like there's like so much to think about, um, but you made it a lot more feel a lot more manageable despite your 120 sequences on ConvertKit that actually almost made me pass out. But that's okay. That's another that's another that's my own issue. <laughs> Keep in mind, I run of sequences for like my big affiliate partners. Like I ha I work with Getaway Today. And so I have a whole sequence um, talking about Disney content. So it's not just course sales. It's also the fact that I cannot hone my blog into one thing at all. So I just want to talk about everything. <laughs> You're not making me feel any better, but that's okay. <laughs> Please tell everyone where they can 
can find you um, so that they can go check out all your great courses and all your content. So my blog is pullingcurls.com. Um, you can find my courses on any of my pages. Um, I also have a blogging for income section where I share how I started from day one. I have income ports from the very beginning up until I started to hit like five figures just because I felt like that wasn't as helpful. But I do believe it's possible. Uh, you know, I I plan on being a nurse for the rest of my life. And while I still plan on being a nurse for another eight years, it's it's a hobby now. So that's really nice to be able to go to a job that you enjoy and just enjoy it rather than feel like you have to get a paycheck. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. And it was awesome to chat with you and to see your face. <laughs> you didn't even want to do video <laughs> don't tell anyone Don cut that <laughs> okay so Hillary basically does it all with courses and a mom of three and being a nurse it's crazy I don't know how she does it but she does and she does it and she laughs a lot she's very funny I love she's so funny. Her. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, I loved all her tips about courses too. I know a few people that this is going to be super helpful for. We'll send them. We'll yeah. send this to them. Listen, guys, we got good info. You know what? Bef before we move on, I would like to say one thing before we move on. I cannot wait till we go full time on video because Mary actually did a countdown in her head <laughs> from coming back from the break when she could have just done it out loud. So that was just hilarious. That's that's my two bit for this episode. <laughs> Thanks for helping, Don. Everyone, always, everyone that stayed till the end gets a yeah. special treat today. Always, always a help, Don. You're always a help. Hey, at least I left you room, right? Like yeah, that's see? what I'm supposed to do. We're trained right at the beginning. You two are trained so poorly. That's your fault. So that just reflects poorly <laughs> on no, you. It reflects poorly on me because the two of you do not listen. What were you, you talking? Pick it, get yeah. off our you get off our recording, Don. <laughs> special special treat today, people. Yes, you get to hear Don. I ho I hope you love that. And if you laughed at my expense, that's totally fine too. I'm okay with <laughs> it that. It was cute to watch. She's very cute. I didn't even realize. <laughs> oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh! And Jamie just did counted down one, two, three, and we actually are not on video for this episode. So the two of you are just. <laughs> knocking out of the park today good Thank job you. ladies. it's a good episode thank you everyone thank you for let's, listening let's talk about course creation in the hq despite being derailed by don would you want to hear um are you creating a course do you have a course oh no i know what we should hear i want to hear what courses you love yes yeah what tell us love. what courses you love what do you what courses have you recently taken do you still take courses are you done with courses? Do they scare you? I just asked six, 65 questions. Yeah. How's anyone supposed to follow that? We'll We're pick one. We're just going to pick one. We'll pick one. But you could feel free and write in about it. Yes. You can write in about anything that has happened today. Exactly. Including mm -hmm. Don's appearance at the end. I don't know, Don. If you do this any more often, people are going to think you're a regular. You should be a regular, maybe. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. We might have to add I don't Don. Know. Yeah. It, would, it would up our numbers. I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> I'm not sure. Or it would decrease them. Exactly. Well, if you are not in our uh, Facebook group, we would love to see you. We are the Fearless Business Podcast HQ. And you can also find us at thefearlessbusinesspodcast.com. Thanks so much. And we will see you next week. See you next week. Yeah.
Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit the transitionscollective.com. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Hey, you know what? I just have a great idea for a course that the two of you can create. How to micromanage by where to insert music for your podcast producer. <laughs> Get out of here. By Jamie and Mary. We can do that. We can do that. And now back to our show. <laughs> Worst. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Steve Turney hosts a great podcast geared toward mental health marketers called The Boost. Steve, tell listeners what you cover on the show. The Boost is our podcast, and the tagline is conversations with people promoting mental health, and that's what it is. So it's marketers, company executives, therapists, and mental health advocates talking about what they're doing to move this industry and this important thing called mental health forward. Amazing. And where can people subscribe? I'm big on LinkedIn, so you can find us there, just uh, slash Steve Turney, or you can find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Boost wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.